When Jonathan said, close your eyes, it's something really weird came to me. I was thankful that I didn't wake up dope sick this morning. Amen? Amen. Come on. Right? Yes. I think we forget because right now things are good. It's like we all took our antibiotics. The flu bug went away. We're feeling good. We have it on cruise control. But I think every once in a while, when someone says, stop, pause, close your eyes, think, what are you thankful for? And some of us don't have to think back that far, and we were in a bad spot, amen? amen. Right? Some of us have to think, about that, think back a lot longer than others, and that's okay. But think back and remember one of those spots you were in that you were ashamed of who you were. You were ashamed of what you were doing. You didn't want to be that guy, right? You were tired of being that guy. You wanted to be anybody else. You wanted to be somebody that your family could be proud of. You wanted to, your children to be proud of you. You wanted your friends to want to be your friends. You know, when you go over to your friend's house and, you know, and their mom puts away her, your pur her purse because you're over, you know, that's not, that's not a good thing, right? It's not. But when we start doing the things that we need to do because we are a different person, we are a new creation, amen? So we're going to continue on. Well, before, so we, we are going to have baptisms right after the message. So when Jonathan comes up to... Uh, play the last song. I'm going to ask those that are getting baptized along with Ernst to go ahead and change. And we are going to go out and we are going to baptize some people. Amen? Amen? So the thing that I love about baptisms is, is, you know, you can decide to go on a diet, right? And you can, you're saying, how is Mike relating baptisms to food? Just, <laughs> I can relate anything to food. You guys know me. Though, so... So let's say you're going to go on a diet, and you don't tell anybody. Now, see, that's the best kind of diet to go on, is you don't tell anybody, because when you're in Salinas, and you're going down South Main Street, and you stop at one of my favorite places, what is it? Wiener Schnitzel. You guys know me well, right? So, but the beauty is when you tell talks, and you accept Christ, you may or may not tell a couple of people, hey, when uh, Pastor Nate or Pastor Manny or Pastor Mike said, if you want to receive Christ, I, I closed my eyes and I, I said the sinner's prayer and I became a Christian. Well, that's great. Well, the next natural step is, and that is then to publicly say and proclaim that's who I am. You know what I mean? Then everybody knows. And that's better because I say all the time, I am not a fan of anonymity. I want everybody to know what a dirtbag I was, right? I want everybody to know that the person that I was so that God can get the glory for the person I am today. So it's not a secret what I'm trying to do. I want everybody to know that I, Mike, am trying to live a different lifestyle. I want to be held accountable by my friends, by my Lord and myself. So the beauty is the gig's up. Now you're going to be held to that higher standard. The expectation is, that you, is going to be that you are trying to be that person that is going to live 
a Christian walk, and you're going to walk by faith and not always by sight. You know, sometimes you're just going to have to do it trusting that God has you. Amen? So we are going to be in chapter 6. I'm only going to cover the first four verses because I want to allow time for the baptism. But I've entitled the message today, Rhetorical Question. Now, I think we all know what a rhetorical question is. I remember growing up as a kid, um, my stepmom was a slapper, right? Because we had this Rambler station wagon. There was five of us kids, and she could slap you if you were sitting back by the back window. You know, I, uh, you know Mr. Gadget, right? I think Mr. Gadget got his, his go-go gadget arms from mom's. Right? You could be driving down the freeway, and you could smart off, and she could smack you from the front seat. It's like, how did you reach me? So my favorite rhetorical question always was when my, my, my stepmom would look at me and say, she would say, do you want me to slap your face? Oh, yeah, of course. Please, yes, do. You know? I mean, and the reason she would say that is she wanted me to know that Hey, I can do that at any time. Is that what you're trying? Is that what you're trying to achieve? You want me to, you know, smack you again? Or she was the wooden spoon. You know, now today, today she would probably be in prison, right? Man, that wooden spoon came out all the time. She could be stirring the spaghetti, bam, like right in the forehead. Red market school for three days, right? Spaghetti sauce washes off. The bruise didn't. But in, in chapter 6, um, it says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more of his wonderful grace? A lot of the translations say, so we keep on sinning that grace may abound. Because in all of the text before, what it kept saying was that we are under the grace of God, and if you do something stupid or dumb, or something you shouldn't have done, that God can and will show you grace, right? We all like free stuff, right? You know, we got cookies out there and cakes. Some of you just like lots of cakes, lots of cookies, you know, fill up your purse, you know, take some home for lunch tomorrow. That's just kind of our nature, right? We like free stuff. You know, we like stuff. You know, we like all that stuff they give away. You don't ever use it. I always go to these, like, I used to love to go to these food conventions, and I would, just, I would just drag home all these bags just full of stuff, and I'm like, I don't even want this stuff. Why am I getting all this stuff? I don't even need this stuff. But we just like stuff. So we like forgiveness. We like grace. So the thought here is that if God is going to show so much grace and so much mercy every time I sin, wouldn't it make more sense if I just sinned a lot? Right? Because I want a lot of grace. Don't we all want grace? So that kind of makes sense, right? It's like I told you that my dad used to tell me it's okay to steal from stores because you are providing jobs for people. Because if it wasn't for you, that security guy wouldn't have a job. And if the security guy didn't have a job, his boss wouldn't have a job. And if his boss didn't have a job, then the police wouldn't need to come, and then they wouldn't have a job. And then the insurance company wouldn't need to be there because they wouldn't have to insure the store. And so by stealing, you're helping the store out, right? 
to me, it made sense, right? Kind of in a weird way. Yeah, I'm helping. So, yeah, let me just keep on stealing. So that's kind of the mentality here. Well, if God's going to keep giving me all this grace and I love God's grace, then, hey, I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing. Well, of course not. Of course not. Absolutely not. So it's almost a rhetorical question, right? No, you shouldn't keep on sinning so that God shows you grace. I think we should be happy that we have the grace that we have. Amen? Be happy that we're sober. Be happy that we walked away from that life. Be happy that we're safe. Be happy that we're alive. Be happy that people love us. Be happy we have a bed to sleep in at night. Amen? So, it goes on to say, since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? So if you have become a believer, what you're saying is, I'm not going to live that life anymore. I've walked away from that life. I'm not going to do that anymore, right? Or I'm going to do my absolute best not to do that. And I'm going to tell people, make sure I don't go to Dewiner Snitzel, right? Or keep me away from Claudia's tortillas in the grill, right? It's hard. The butter's there. The tortillas are there. They're steaming. Come on. Forget the diet. But it says, have you not forgotten? It says, so how can you continue to live in it? So if you've made that choice, you have to ask yourself, have I truly and earnestly and honestly made that choice? And am I ready to move away from those people, those places, those things? Am I ready to live that new life? Amen? And it's good. It's good, isn't it? You know, I have people tell me all the time, if I would have known it was this much fun a long time ago, I would have stopped ripping and running a long time ago. But I didn't know that being a Christian could be fun. I thought it was like all nerdy and square and no fun. You know, you Christians are just no fun. Well, you go to Korean barbecue with me, you're going to have fun. All right? Amen. Even to Wiener Schnitzel. All right? I have fun at the Wiener Schnitzel. They should start paying me as much as I talk about them, right? <laughs> All right. Next time you go to Dewiner's Sister, say, hey, there's this pastor in Monterey. He always talks about you. So it says, are you, are, have you forgotten when we were joined to Jesus Christ in baptism? So the thing I love about Scripture, okay, how long have we been going through the book of Romans? Uh, a year. A year. Thank you. Years. Yeah. <laughs> Four, five, six months? Okay. So it, it's interesting. It's, it's the Holy Spirit that tonight, because I had, everybody came up and asked me the last two weeks ago, hey, can we get baptized tonight? I'm like, absolutely. I, did, I didn't look ahead and go, let me see what we're talking about. And it just happens to be that I am talking about baptism tonight in this text, and we are going to be baptizing people tonight. So people say, oh, that's chance or it's serendipity. No, it's the Holy Spirit smackdown, baby. That's what it is, right? That's what it is. It's just the bottom line. So it says, or have you forgotten that you were joined to Jesus Christ in baptism? We joined him in his death. 
So if you look at baptism, if you think about Christ dying, he died. He was put into the tomb or into the earth for three days and three nights, and he rose. So we that are getting baptized, we join with him in the death of your old self, your old life, right? And the resurrection with him into a new life. That's the significance of being baptized. So you are, you are you're dying, you're being laid to rest, or you're being put under, and you're being resurrected with Christ. That's the significance of baptism. It's a big deal. It really is. I used to get baptized all the time. You know, Michelle's mad at me. Well, I'm going to sign up for the baptisms, you know, because that looks good, right? I remember one time I got baptized because I was dope sick. I had convinced myself that when I came up out of that water that I was just going to be good, that I was going to be miraculously delivered from addiction. No, I came up out of the water wet, and then I had to think of an excuse to drive to Salinas to score so that I could be made well not really understanding or knowing that if I had just submitted myself, that I could be made well for real. Amen? And that's what it's about. That's the beauty of a relationship with Christ. It says, we joined him in his death, for we were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father now we have, excuse me, now we may also live new lives. That's what it's about. It's about that new life. It's about that newness of spirit. It's about putting to death the old, the old ways, the old way of thinking, the old way of doing things, the old way of acting, and living this, this new life. It's like, maybe you don't know how to do it. Maybe you don't understand it. Maybe it's like, I don't get it. You mean I just profess my faith and go to church and I get to live for eternity? Yes, it is. It is. It's not... It's not adding, you cannot earn your way to heaven. You can't do enough good deeds to get to heaven because most of us can't even get through our morning without breaking a law, correct? Whether it's a moral law or just a, a traffic law or we wake up a little cranky and we snap somebody's head off before noon, you know what I mean? But we're not always the nicest people, are we? But... The beauty about what we're trying to do here is we're trying our best to learn how to be that different person. You know, it talks in the book of Galatians, um, um, uh, it says, oh, you foolish Galatians, because this group of Galatian believers, they became, they, they became Christians. They professed faith. They started believing in Christ. They started following Christ. And it goes on to say, oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Why are you going back to your old ways so quickly? You know, if this is not magic. It's not fairy dust, right? It's not. This is not a, a get-rich-quick thing. It's not a quick weight-loss miracle thing. It's not a quick change thing. It's a way of life, and that's what it's about. And the Galatians, the Galatian Christians, they, they believed, 
But I, they probably more believed in the everything is just going to be great now. I'm a Christian now, so now I'm never going to get a flat tire. I'm going to get a sweet job. I'm never going to get the flu. Everybody's going to love me. I'm never going to get a ticket, right? And, and you, I, Because I became a believer yesterday, and then you wake up in the morning, and you, you go out to your car, and your tire's flat, and you have to call AAA, and your AAA card's expired, and you go to pay it online, and your account's overdrawn, and then you, 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 you get to work, and then you get suspended for being late, and you're like, what the heck? Might as well go back to doing what I've always done, because this didn't seem to work too well. That's what we do, right? When, the, when, it, when something gets a little bit hard, and well, I see, it didn't work. It didn't work. I tried for a whole week, you know. It's like these things you watch online, you know, you, you see a, a person taking this pill, in like 20 minutes, they're skinny. Wow. It was on Shark Tank. At least that's what the ad said. Actually, I actually looked it up. Was this really on Shark Tank? No. By the time Shark Tank figures out they said it, they've already changed their ad to somewhere else. They're just trying to fool us. But that's what the enemy is trying to do. See, that didn't work. It was hocus pocus. See, you, you changed for nothing. You got all these new friends. They're no fun. You got dipped in the water, and then you froze. And what did that get you? You caught a cold, right? No. What you say is, no, I've made, it, I've made a choice to follow Jesus, right? It's not a get-rich-quick thing. It's not an instantly thing. It's a lifestyle. It's a choice. It's a journey. It's a decision. It's what I'm going to do, right? You don't get up in the morning and say, hey, tomorrow I'm going to run a marathon, right? There was a movie, I, I forget it was called, um, it was about this guy in England that was going to run a marathon. It was a comedy. It was hilarious. If anybody remembers the name, they can just shout it out. No, it wasn't called that. <laughs> but it was funny, the guy's trying to win his wife back. And so he's like, he, buy, he goes out and spins all, he buys this really cool jogging suit, like the shoes and the everything, man, the wristbands, and man, he is just set. He's going to train for a marathon, and he gets out the next morning, and he runs like 20 feet. It's like, well, that was a good start. <laughs> so he ended up competing in a marathon and totally sucking uh, but the point I'm trying to make is, is you don't just get up and say, I'm going to do this real quick. I'm going to do this today, and if it doesn't work, then tomorrow we'll try something else, right? It's not like going to Macy's and, you know, spraying the cologne on yourself. You know, this is really good. I like it, but tomorrow I'm going to try something different, you know what I mean? Or sometimes when you go in there with your buddies and you're squirting each other with all kinds of stuff, you know, you come out of there just smelling just awful, you know? We can't do that with different things in our life. We can't be, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that, I'm going to try this, I'm going to have to try, I'm going to try that. We have to say, I'm going to try this, I'm going to follow it through, I'm going to do it 
the pastors always say, it's not going to be easy. It could be tough. It's not magic. It's not, it's not, it's not the silver bullet. I'm still, I'm still going to, I'm still going to face the everyday woes, but I'm going to try not to get discouraged. Because when is the last time that you really put any real, honest-to-goodness effort into your life? Now, I know all of you, amen, a year in the bridge. You got that, brother. <laughs> now, I want you guys to answer this question for yourselves honestly, and I, and I already know what the answer is. If I gave you back all the time and all of the money you spent on your addiction and gave you an opportunity to respend that time and that money, man, you'd, you could do some good things, couldn't you? Most people say, man, I would be a millionaire, right? How many years did we throw away chasing something that ended up giving us nothing? How many mornings did you go to bed crying and praying and wake up dope sick, right, earnestly? How many times did you pray to God or anything or anybody to deliver you from this feeling? Please, just, I just want to be normal. Has anybody said that? I don't want this anymore. Please. A lot of us have said that, haven't we? I begged, I begged, I mean, I begged and screamed at the top of my lungs as loud as I could scream for God to deliver me from heroin, right? But then I made the mistake of saying without going through withdrawals. I said that. Isn't that what we all want? We all want to be delivered from our addiction without going through withdrawals? Well, be careful what you ask for because I think, as you all know, uh, uh, Within, within 24 hours, 36 hours, I went into a coma and woke up a month later. And so I did get delivered from heroin and tobacco and alcohol with no withdrawals, right? Not the way I planned. That's not what I said, God. What's the matter with you? Think about it. So if you are here tonight and you are sober and you are delivered and you have a relationship with Christ, hold on tight to that. With all of you, with everything you have, hold on earnestly to that. Really work on being that different person because if you don't, I go to the jail all the time and there's this one fellow I visit in there all the time. I won't say his name. He's probably been in there 80, 90 times. Um, he used to tell me, yeah, when I was like 15, 16, I knew I would stop. I knew it. I, I, could, I could do this. I got it under control. I'm in charge. Well, he's in his like 60s or 70s. The jail doesn't even know what to do with him anymore. The police department doesn't know what to do with them anymore. The social workers don't know what to do with them anymore. So that was the guy that had it under control. I can, do, I can do this anytime I want. So his plan was never to be this old and still be in jail, right? Getting arrested two, three times a week, sometimes a couple of times in a day. You know what I mean? So the rhetorical question is, 
Should I keep, should I go back doing what I was doing because it was easier? And it was. Think about it. No responsibility, no nothing. Just wake up, get your fix, bum around, steal, cheat, lie. That was hard work, wasn't it? It's hard work. When you know you have to wake up in the morning, so personal story, I knew that I had to wake up in the morning because I needed 750 bucks every other day-ish. I'm not working now, got fired, living in my car. So that money didn't just magically fall into my hands. I had to go out and steal, you know. I, you know, I, I probably owe Home Depot $100,000, I think probably most of us owe Home Depot money, right? Amen? Amen? Target, Macy's, right? Right? How many of us have stay-away orders from, uh, you know, it's funny because everyone I interview people, well, I have a stay well, hey, we're going to go to Home Depot. Oh, I can't. I have a stay-away order. Oh, we're going to go to, Ma- oh, I can't. I have a stay-away order. We're gonna- oh, I can- oh, I can't go to Target. I have a stay-away order. Right? Doesn't that feel awful? It's embarrassing to even have to say it. Right? No, I, I, can't go to, I can't go to Home Depot. I have a stay-away order. But that's what we did to ourselves, right? So, the, so my question to you is, who wants to go back there? Anybody? Any takers? Anybody? Every time I go to the jail, I say, anybody want to go back? Anybody want to check back into the Gray Bar Motel? Anybody? Who does? Yeah. Nobody wants to go back, do they? No. no. I like going because I get to visit. And I, but I always feel bad when I get to leave, but not that bad, you know, because, I, I, you know, hey, I get to leave. But the beauty is if you get to go in and then leave, you can go in and bring a message of hope. You can ask them the question, is this worth it? It's Christmas season coming again. You know how many moms and dads in jail are going to be spending Christmas with their kids on the tablet? How many of you in here have communicated to loved ones on the tablet or on the phone from jail or prison? You know, is that fun? Absolutely not. You know, I like coming here and being spoiled rotten by Dorothy and all of her treats, right? You know, popcorn, cookies, Greg's famous whatever fruit bread he makes every week, you know, chili. I mean, come on, man. Doesn't she know I'm on a diet? (laughs) Somebody tell her for me. (laughs) So anyway, so think about where you're at today. Honestly, think about where am I at today and could I do more to secure the spot I'm in today? Can I do more to reach out to those people around me that I love and care about and help them be safer today? You know, how can I make sure that I am not going back to do those things that I've always done? Because we know we know, we know the end result of that, don't we? We know that. 
in a way, sometimes that feels safe because I know what's going to happen. I'm just going to go back to jail, and everybody expects that. That's because what I've always, that's what I've always done. I'm trying to do the right thing, and, and if, I, if I don't, then I'm going to disappoint people. And, you know, so sometimes we just give up. And we're like, what the heck? I'll just go back to do what I've always done until you get back into custody and you start feeling a little bit better and you grab that phone and then you're like, oh, oh, what have I just done? You know, what have I just done? You know, when I think about Joey getting baptized tonight, um, watching him or hearing about him getting sentenced to 25 to life, you know, so when I got the phone call, which is funny, he called me from a smuggled in, smuggled in cell phone, like, let me call Pastor Mike on a smuggled in cell phone from prison to tell him I just got sentenced to 25 to life. That was the first thing Michelle said, well, how are you calling us, Joey? You didn't call collect. <laughs> But after two failed attempts at the bridge and a 25-to-life sentence, that wakes you the heck up. That wakes you up. Amen? Never, never thought I'd hear from him again, ever. Never thought, ever even gave it a second thought. We talk about him and say how sad it was and how much we liked him, how much we, were, we missed him. And how it sucked that he threw his wife in the toilet, not his wife, his life in the toilet. Um, don't ever do that, Joey. Uh, but to get a phone call to say, hey, Mike, they're going to give me a chance at parole. I'm ready this time. I'm like, are you sure? Yes. So for me to baptize him tonight, yeah. And who gets the glory? God. Because God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Amen? You know, I never thought I would take Joey to a high school and Claudia to a high school to speak to students about being in prison and involved in the cartel, and selling drugs, and shooting people, and, you know, I mean, that's craziness. But to see what God can redeem, and, and use to edify and glorify him, and to encourage others, amazes me, and just, it, it, I'm just in awe of what God can do, because he's a redeeming God, amen? So I'm going to have Jonathan come up, so Lord, we thank you, we praise you. And Lord, as we go out to baptize, I just, I just, everybody just to be out there and just, this is a big deal tonight, Lord. So we are going to, we're going to make this a really big deal tonight, Lord, as we go outside and baptize these three individuals. So we love you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.